Welcome to the RV Travel Podcast. I'm Scott Linden, your host. Glad you could join me. Whether you're listening at RVTravel.com, while you're reading the rest of the newsletter, or if you're listening on your iPhone, your tablet, wherever, sure appreciate it. In fact, I wish you would tell your friends that's the best way to spread the word. Got a great show in store for you today. We're going to get RV Advice Facebook page participants' suggestions on improving refrigerator performance as the weather gets warmer. Something there for everybody, believe me. Whether it's a cold beer or something not spoiling in the freezer. We'll talk to Chuck Woodbury of RVTravel.com about some of the changes going on there and what it means to you. And our own Gail Marsh will join us and help us save a little bit of money on the road. It's all coming up on the RV Travel Podcast. You been out recently? We uh, just got back from a trip to the Oregon coast. Got lucky on that one. Last minute reservation pulled it off and boy was it a a good one. Kind of an annual thing for us and uh, we hadn't planned on doing it, but we got lucky on the reservation thing, like I said. And while we were there, we thought, you know, let's ask everybody else. And uh, about half of them said it's more and more difficult uh, by the week these days to get them. But they're, you know, they're still doing it. Some of them are planning way ahead if they have the luxury for that. And, and that helps a lot. But, you know, Mar, our personal experience has been about the same as most everybody else. Uh, we're betting about 500 when it comes to reservations. If you got some flexibility, all the better. Ran into another friend from our hometown while we were way over there. And it's happening way more often these days. Used to be six degrees of separation, but now I run into folks I know but never see in my hometown. In an airport, RV park, freeway rest stop. Never here, but always there. You ever have that experience? You know, whatever Kevin Bacon said, it uh, multiply it by 0.5. Yeah, about three degrees of separation these days. Oh, my. All right, so um, let's get started first with a word from our friends at softstartrv.com slash stay cool. If you don't know what the Soft Start RV is, it's, well, frankly, a game changer. You can hook one up to your RV air conditioner, and then you can run that thing on a generator. You can even run it on 20 amp household current. Oh boy, there are so many other advantages to having that soft start RV on your rig, especially if you wanna put two on for two air conditioners. Lots of ways to configure it, easy to, easy to install, and plenty of incentives for doing it. Find out about the extended warranty just for referring a friend, find out about all the other offers and learn more about how simple it is. Just go to softstartrv.com slash stay cool. Speaking of staying cool, over on the Facebook page, RV Advice, my favorite RV Facebook page, because everybody's so helpful. Not a lot of negativity over there and a lot of real good advice on, you name it, any subject. In fact, if you go over there, there's a little search function and you can just search refrigerator or tires or whatever you're looking for and you'll find lots of tips. Christina Hester was on a while back and asking for help. She says, in the afternoon, my RV is in full sun on the refrigerator side, and the temperature in there goes up to 45, melts the ice in the freezer. Well, you know the rest. It's not a pretty picture. Any way of covering the outside area where the fridge is to block the sun? Well, as usual, all sorts of RV advice Facebook friends chimed in. James Brown said, we always had to either make sure we had shade or we asked for a spot that ran east to west. Think about that for a couple minutes. Yeah, get it. Yeah, all right. 
Teresa Bradley O'Brien says, open the outside cover on the fridge, get a small fan to blow over the coils and up through the roof vent. Okay, yeah. Seal Protosky says, basically put a little parasol over the top of the vent. On the roof, you know, make a little shade for your refrigerator vent. She also suggests you keep frozen water or blue ice or something like that in there just in case. And boy, oh boy, uh, we're starting to do that just as a matter of uh, course anyway. And it does, you know, I've always got a, a, you know, another cooler in the back of the truck. So I'm cycling that stuff through and it always stays frozen. And if it, if the fridge does give up the ghost, at least we got a little bit of insurance there. Roger Marble, thank you, Roger, for your tire advice. He suggests don't cover the vent openings on the side of the RV. Make sure the roof vent is not blocked. And finally, Janice Lance says place a small awning on the RV over the fridge area. Or, like others have suggested, just turn your RV around. Yeah, easier said than done, Janice, unless you're just pulling in. But I'm doing that more and more, too. Uh, especially when I got dogs in the truck, for example. So plan ahead, think about where that sun's going to be at four o'clock and park appropriately. Thanks to everybody who participates at RV Advice on the Facebook pages of RVTravel.com. If you're looking for something in particular there, you know, RVTravel.com has about six or eight really active Facebook pages. Just go to the website Go to resources and then just kind of browse on the Facebook listings there and find something from if you're over 60 years old or if you're traveling a specific area of the country, it's all right there. Start at rvtravel.com. We got plenty more coming up, including Chuck Woodbury, who will tell us what's going on at rvtravel.com. We'll also save some money. And who doesn't need to do that? It's all coming up right here on the RV Travel Podcast. But first, let's talk about water. You know, clear2o.com is the new website address if you're looking for any kind of RV or residential water improvement products. Stock up for the RV season and get free shipping on orders over $100 in the United States. Clear2o.com is a family-owned business, has been since 2008. They offer a full range of water filtration products for your RV and your home. Now, here's the big difference. They use a solid carbon block, the most effective filtration medium available. Nobody else uses that. And their products, unlike some of those others, filter down to the one micron level for the cleanest water possible. Take a look at all the choices at clear2o.com. That's clear, number two, letter O, dot com. They've got something for every water situation. Well, I'll tell you, the more things... Uh, no, that's not the one I want. The one I want is um, the only constant is change. And that's true everywhere, including at rvtravel.com. That's why our founder, our leader, Chuck Woodbury joins me. Chuck, welcome back to the RV Travel Podcast. It's good to be back, Scott. And, um, you know, we talk all the time. And, uh, and uh, so I've been kind of wondering if you should probably share a few things about the website and what's going on there. Big changes uh, for some people, bigger than others, but um, a lot going on there. I thought it would be worth uh, getting current for everybody. So you want to just give us a, a top line on that? Well, I just announced um, just last Saturday we hit our 1,000th um, weekly edition. That's our Saturday newsletter, and it's been going on for 20 years. And as I told readers, I'm bowing out of the opening essay on every Saturday um, you know, 20 years is a long time. I think I've said pretty much what I want to say, um, turning it under the, over to other people. But we've, we've got, I think the last I looked, we had about 11,000 articles on our website. And that's just in the last five years because we kind of turned things over back then. So 
I'm kind of kind of fade into the background a little bit, still work on business stuff, and I'm going to take the title of publisher instead of editor and publisher. And my daughter, Emily, who's been an RVer since she was two months old and has been on too many road trips with me for me to even remember, is taking over as editor. She's uh, been with us for five years now, does a great job. And then we've got Mike Gast, who was the former communications director for with KOA Campgrounds for 20 years, and he's a former newspaper editor, and he's going to take over as our news editor because there's so much news going on these days. You know that. So, go ahead. No, I was just going to. I was going to say, um, uh, the so much is going on these days with the, the different types of RVers. You know, from full timers to work campers to People working remotely, traveling nurses, and then of course you've got the um, so many people now um, that are living in RVs on the streets. Um, uh, they call them houseless, and then the, the van people in vans made kind of popularized by the Nomad, Nomadland movie. So it's just there's an awful lot going on, and so I think that's what we're kind of going to focus on in the uh, months and years ahead. There, there is. A- it's a sea change right now. I would agree, and and to have Mike come on and kind of manage the the timely news side of things, that's kind of a a big change, isn't it? Yeah, you know, for so many years we were just more or less feature stuff. You know, traveling by RV was just uh, and still is wonderful. But I mean, there's a real problem now. I mean, you can look at it as a problem. Or, with so many people uh, taking up RVing after the pandemic sort of prevented them from uh, doing other types of travel, that the campgrounds are, are uh, it's very difficult to get a campsite and um, the types of RVs that are being sold and the average age of the uh, RVs, uh, RVers, they're now in their 20s, 30s, and 40s where, you know, you, you kind of think of RVers, if you go back 10 years, as being grandma and grandpa. Um, older older people. So, so much is going on, so many changes, so many different um, companies becoming involved in RVing now that it's trendy, that um, it we need to kind of make sense of what's going on, and I think that's our mission. I, I've been a news junkie since I was a kid, um, but there's re- is there real value in staying on top of that stuff for, say, folks who have been in the RV world for a while? I think it's people, you know, our most our, our most popular column week in and week out is one about the campground crowding where people are trying to make sense of it. They're trying to find ways to get into the campgrounds, way to make reservations they may not have thought of. Um, some people are actually just giving up RVing because they say it's just too hard to go out and travel the way we used to travel. Um, so, yeah, I think it pays to um, – I think everybody's curious about what's going on. Um, um, uh, so, uh, and I think that, that we are really the only ones that are doing that, um, uh, trying to make sense of things. And so I think we stand apart because obviously in the last, anybody who's paid attention in the last five years, the, the number of websites about RVing has just probably tripled at least. Um, so we, we want to be different and we want to be timely and we want to help people understand what's going on and how they can best live the lifestyle and still uh, enjoy themselves. I've never done a thousand of anything, let alone written a thousand columns. Uh, How'd you feel when you put that one to bed? You know, I've I've felt kind of lately that I was repeating myself a lot and uh, it just kind of got tired of saying the same old things and a thousand every week for 20 years. That's, that's a long time. And I never, I never really intended to go that long. I remember when I hit issue 500 and I, I wrote a kind of made a big deal of it and said, I wonder if I'll make it to a thousand. And then it seemed like it just happened so fast, but no, I, I kind of said everything. And, and, and it's so funny because I meant, I meant to make a big deal out of it. Then it was Friday and Friday afternoon and I hadn't written my essay for the weekend. And that was issue 1000. And so I ended up just writing a little, not much of, of a story and just told people I wasn't going away. I'm just going to kind of get into the background and let other, let other voices come in um, because it's, there's just so much to write about and everybody's got a different 
take on it. So um, the more the merrier. Well, I agree, and I appreciate being a part of all of that. It's pretty merry on this end as well. You know, Chuck, in in that 20 years, and, and you were in the RV world before that, of course, too, but in that 20 years, uh, knowing you're not going away, but in that 20 years, you've, you've seen a lot uh, of all the things. What are the two or three or four that, that really think uh, rocked your world? Well, the internet, of course, that made it possible for anybody to go out and um, be anywhere. Cell mm-hmm. phones probably would have been the first thing. Um, when I first went out, uh, way back before I started RV Travel, when I was kind of a roving reporter for magazines and then my own print publication for a while, being connected to me meant staying in a campground there where, where you could walk to a phone booth. That was being connected. Um, so the internet and cell phones, and then of course, slide outs weren't really real popular back then as much as they are now. So RVs weren't really as comfortable as they are today. So you can, anybody that goes to an RV show that is unfamiliar with RVs, you walk into a big fifth wheel trailer or a big motorhome, and you look at that and you go, wow, I could live in this because they are as comfortable as a small house or condo. Um, they have everything. And that just wasn't that way going back a couple, two or three decades ago. You were still had to rough it a little bit. So it, it's made it real easy for people to buy a fifth wheel or uh, any other type of RV and go wherever they want and live. Uh, and if they stay there six months and they're tired, they go somewhere else. And that's still very possible, and people are doing it. Well, that, that's a, an interesting point, because that's the other thing. Um, have people changed their rationale for traveling in an RV on a, on a macro basis? I mean, uh, most people change the reason they go. No, I think I think that it really comes down to the comfort level of these things that you they're so comfortable, and I think that for people that we all have, most of us have some sort of wanderlust, and especially now when when the number of people because of COVID, all of a sudden there's just uh, so many more companies are offering remote work. You don't have to go to the office. That's going to have a huge impact on the number of people that are going to be able to take their road trip, go where they want. And just get up every morning and just work like they're at home or even like they're in the office. I mean, I've run my business from all over the world and nobody even knows I left home. And that's kind of what is happening now to a lot of people. So that's been the big thing. Comfortable house, everything you want in the way of uh, communications abilities um, and, and just plain old comfort and then being able to just park in some beautiful place instead of sitting in your, you're looking out the same window 365 days a year. It might be the same window, but it's in a different place. <laughs> it's always in a different place. And, you know, sometimes you're looking at your neighbor and sometimes you're looking at a beautiful mountain or a river, or you're out in a cornfield and, um, and watching the fireflies. It's, it, it's for people that have that itch to go. Um, they can, they can have this wonderful life. And as much as we talk about crowding and all that kind of negative kind of stuff, the fact is, is that for most people, they still, they may have to make the reservations ahead, uh, do some, some planning, but they can still go out and see this country or go to Canada when it opens up and, um, and still have this really comfortable little house in their own bed and their own kitchen and cook healthy meals, all the things that are, you know, you could only do at home uh, a long time ago, and now they can. Their home is wherever they are, so it's really quite. Uh, uh, and I, I expect to see more people doing it. Um, it just makes sense. If if you were going to um, polish up your crystal ball and give us one thing that's going to change dramatically in the next one to five years in the RV world, what do you what do you think that's going to be? I think a lot of people that bought small travel traders just because they couldn't go to Europe or they couldn't do this or that. And I mean, I think they're going to be selling those things in a few, a couple of years. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, the average RV out there is only traveling about 17 days, nights a year. And um, you know, they're still making payments 12 months of the year. They're being insurance, they're registering it. 
But I think a lot of these people are going to realize that maybe the dream that they had of this isn't what they thought it would be. It's not quite as easy. Maybe their local campgrounds were all booked up. Um, so I think there's going to be a lot of these people that are going to just say, no, this wasn't for me, at least not yet. And they're going to sell their RVs. Um, so I think there's a big change ahead in um, uh, the next few years based on everything that's going on, the scarcity of RVs, a scarcity of campgrounds, uh, different demographics, new RVers versus veterans. So where it's going, I don't know, but it is going to be significantly different in a couple of years. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but um, that's what we're kind of uh, trying to figure out at RV travel is, you know, where are we going? Well, you you heard it first here, and we're, we're going to follow it because uh, RVTravel.com is going to be right on top of that stuff, as it always has been. Chuck, uh, I feel like I'm saying goodbye to you, but I'm only saying goodbye temporarily because you're going to leave us from the podcast right now. We'll be talking again very soon. You've still got your almost all your fingers in all the pies over there. Um, if you were going to leave... Uh, Let's let's give Emily a little bit of advice. If you're going to tell her one thing that she might want to do based on dad's wisdom and experience, what would your advice to Emily be as, as the editor? I think it's the advice I give her all the time, and that is just keep learning all you can about this lifestyle. You bet she's been out there. She knows what it's like. Just keep studying it and trying to interpret it to um, her readers because they will be her readers not mine and but you know she's got a lot of uh, uh, uh she's got quite a bit of dna she got for me because she's an awful lot like me and what she appreciates and she seems to have just really taken um like a duck to water on um uh, you know the news business uh, a communication business so um i just tell her to keep studying keep learning so she can make sense of it all there you have it chuck woodbury is the former editor and publisher, now the publisher at rvtravel.com. Chuck, it's always fun to talk with you, whether it's on the podcast or just on a Zoom call. Thank you so much for being a part of the RV Travel Podcast. Thanks a lot, Scott. Bye-bye. Wow. Um, exciting for Chuck. I've been there and done that a couple times. Um, can't do anything permanent, that's for sure. But he is, um, he's a real force in the RV world. And if you're not reading RVTravel.com as well as listening to the podcast, well, you need to get over there and learn a little bit more about what's available. An incredible resource and in the best of hands with Emily and Mike and all the writers and editors over there. So please do that at some point. And in fact, here's an incentive for doing just that. Go here rvtravel.com slash who makes what the folks over at rvtravel.com have updated a free 73 page report of every United States RV manufacturer, the makes and models of each brand. So if you see one going down the road and I do it every day and wonder who really built that thing, you'll be able to look it up. It's free. You just click and it's there for you. Download it at rvtravel.com slash who makes what. Well, a very exciting podcast just getting started around here. Um, we heard from Chuck Woodbury at rvtravel.com on his new role and how he's doing it. And now one of the people taking up part of the mantle on all of that. Mike Gast joins me. You've heard Mike before on the podcast, and uh, you're going to hear a lot more of him in the future. Mike, welcome back to the RV Travel Podcast. Well, thanks so much for having me, Scott. You are, um, you, you've got, since we last talked, you've taken on even more here at RVTravel.com. Why don't you describe what you're doing these days? Well, Chuck's a hard man to say no to. And uh, he was he was looking for some help. And again, he's got some other areas of interest that he wants to help uh, improve the newsletter. And one of the things that he really needed some assistance with was just working with the writers and, and editing uh, the content and helping coordinate that a little bit. And so that's uh, that's kind of what I'm going to be doing for him on, on along with all uh, a lot of the writing. You'll see me more on the, on the weekend essays and things like that. But but just kind of divvying up the work a little bit more so Chuck doesn't have to live so much in the day-to-day -day and can think bigger picture and 
and uh, expanding our audience and making sure that we have are supplying the kind of content that all of those RVers out there are looking for. And, you know, you bring that up in a way that um, that really piques my interest because uh, the, our whole world is changing in, in many, many massive ways and then in the little niggling ways as well. What do you see as the bigger uh, picture uh, trends that we are going to need, we as uh, the RV industry and the RV consumer side, are going to have to uh, deal with in the next couple of years? Well, last time we talked, we talked about the, the reservations and the, the need to, for advanced reservations and how just about everybody that's involved in, in providing the campground experience have just hammered home for the last few months. Uh, make sure you make your reservations early, early, early. Well, here we are. We're almost on Memorial Day weekend. And it's, it's, if you haven't had your reservations made by now, probably for the full summer, you're going to have some difficulty as you move around. So that's, that's one of the things. And, and another part that's going to haunt us for many, many months, uh, possibly a year, a year and a half, is the supply chain problems for the parts that uh, number one, the supply, the, the manufacturers of, of recreational vehicles need in order to manu finish manufacturing these things. And, uh, and that goes from the faucets in the bathroom to the computer chips that are needed for the, for the motorized engines. And uh, again, that could take a year and a half to untangle. And then the uh, additional fallout of that is RV dealerships that do the maintenance uh, on RVs they can't get the parts either. So all the replacement parts, and that goes from tires to belts to the simplest little piece, uh, is is broken. I mean, there, there's no clear supply chain anymore. I, I was fortunate enough to sit in on a conversation with a, a group of RV dealers uh, about a, two weeks ago where we talked about their concerns on, on the dealership side. And their major concern is is this, is the break in the supply chain. Uh, one fellow said he monitors it quite closely, and at one point off the coast, off the west coast between the ports of Seattle and San Francisco and Long Beach, there were 400 container ships floating around out there in the ocean waiting their turn to come in and be unloaded. And the problems at the ports become they don't have the manpower back to staff the unloading, because uh, that's certainly a skill. And then we don't have the truckers available in the United States to move the things from the ports to their destinations. So there's a, a huge kink in the supply chain that was just completely severed during COVID and the whole, and the entire pandemic. And that just it's just going to take a long time to get that back in place and smoothed out again. So all those missing parts and pieces are definitely going to impact not just the the timing of when you can get an RV and the inventory of an RV, but also the price of an RV and the price to get it fixed. Yeah, the price to get it fixed and the fact that you can get it fixed at all. And I can echo all of that. I just brought mine back from the factory. Thank you, Aaron and everybody at Forest River for your help on that. But um, they had to replace my axles with somebody else's axles. <laughs> and they looked at the front end and we had six trees fall on us. I'll bore you with that story some, someday. And they said, you know, we, even if we wanted to replace that piece, uh, we couldn't, we don't have it there and we don't know when we'll get it. So it, it is a, a real problem. And, and when you're talking about service work of any sort, it's going to be a bigger problem than we all well, imagine. And there's another aspect here that, uh, to consider is the used market. Yeah. The, since people are not trading in their rigs for a new rig, the used market is deflated and uh, there just isn't much on the lot in the way of used rigs. So therefore the cost of a, of a used rig goes up to the point where some of these larger dealers around the United States were claiming that their salespeople are calling folks that they sold a rig to in the last mm -hmm. 12 months, mm -hmm. asking, asking them if they'd like to sell it back to the dealership so they can resell it again. So you're going to see slightly used brand new RVs uh, that maybe have a trip or two on them returning to the, to the dealership. Uh, it could be a little bit of buyer's regret. Somebody decided that they just weren't into RVing like they thought they were, or it just wasn't worth uh, the investment they made. And here's an opportunity to sell your, your rig back to the dealership uh, at, at probably almost what they sold it for. 
and put it back on the market again so the dealer has inventory so they can stay in business. It's getting that tight. And uh, another aspect, too, is that the rental agencies typically are the main suppliers. And this goes for cars and for RVs. Mm -hmm. they're, the main, they're the main suppliers to dealerships that deal in used RVs. So if, uh, if a large rental company decides that, that they're going to hang on to their inventory because they can't replace it right now. They're in the same shape as any other buyer. They can't buy a new RVs. Therefore, they have to extend their fleet of, of rental RVs. So now the RVs are going to go another season, another year. Uh, and so they don't get to turn their, they don't get to sell their used RVs to the used RV dealer. Therefore, the used RV dealer has no inventory from the rental companies. Uh, so now his business is affected. The rental companies are affected because they have to stretch their inventory. And when you, as we all know, as you stretch an inventory of rental RVs, you take a rental RV and, and try to get another 12 or 16 months out of it, things break. And guess what? No replacement parts. So now that one has to come out of service because the bed doesn't work anymore or the, the couch is broken or the lighting is off or the plumbing is bad and they can't get it fixed. So that one has to come out of service. And that just happens more and more as these rental agencies fleets age. So it, it's just a, a complete trickle down and it's all tied together and it just leads to a really broken supply chain and a really broken uh, flow into these dealerships, both new and used. And so they're, they are very worried. I know that a lot of, of campers would say, well, I just drove by the, the dealership lot and it looks like he's got plenty of RVs. Well, a lot of them were fortunate enough or had the foresight to front order <clears throat> during the pandemic in 2020. And they front ordered from the factories and, and were able to stock up pretty well for this year. Those, those units were all delivered over the winter and or the early spring this year from the factories before the supply chain really broke. Uh, they're, they're being told now, the dealerships are being told that if they order a rig now, today, they could expect at least a year wait on delivery. So anybody that comes into a dealership and says, I have a specific model, this is what I want, the dealer can call a factory. They're going to be told it's not going to show up until, until probably the summer of 2022. Wow. Hey, you're listening to the RV Travel Podcast. I'm Scott Linden, the host. That's Mike Gass. Mike is now the news editor at RVTravel.com, so you'll be hearing him on a regular basis right here as well. You know, Mike, there's so much to be... Um, annoyed with, fearful of, mad at, whatever you want to call it. Any bright spots on the horizon? Uh, you know, you mentioned off mic a few things that we're doing uh, or are happening in the way of possible new facilities out there for travelers. Can you give us some good news? Well, I can tell you that uh, Campgrounds of America just signed an agreement this week with Love's Truck Stops, which is the first of its kind that I know of as far as a, a camping company signing an agreement with a, a truck stop company, a, a large family stop truck stop company. And Loves is going to be building uh, down in Missouri, uh, excuse me, Mississippi, I believe, is going to be building a large facility, uh, a, a KOA Journey campground as part of their operation at their truck stop facility. So it'll all be tied in together. And that'll be the first of its kind. And I'm not quite sure where that goes, but I'm sure that they've they're not going to stop at one. That wasn't the point of the uh, the agreement. I'm sure there's going to be more coming down the line as they figure things out. But I think that that first loves in that state will be opening up uh, sometime towards the end of the summer. Uh, and then they'll they'll see where that goes. And the other bright spot is that there's a lot of interest in investing in campground construction, mm -hmm. not, mm -hmm. not just moving them around or changing the brands, but actually getting into to building new parks. And there's a lot of new RV parks coming online in the next two years. Uh, problem is, it takes a while to build these things. You can you can build a. I used to say you could build an RV a lot faster than you could build a campground. That's probably not true anymore. It's probably about the same amount of time oh, yeah. to build an RV as it does to build a campground. But but as these new campgrounds come online, it will uh, it will certainly lighten things up a little bit. But I know in the case of KOA, they've got about 15 new parks at some stage of new construction and that probably covers over the course of the next two years but if you total all those sites up that that adds probably 1500 to 2000 sites at best 
into the overall scheme of things. And that, that seems like such a drop in the bucket depending on, a de- on the demand now because the demand is so high for, for sites. They're just, we're just having a hard time finding place, pieces, places to put people. And uh, another, another good thing is I think the reservations are getting much more, much more sophisticated so mm-hmm. that when there are mm-hmm. cancellations or there was openings even at the state park and national park level, uh, they've got their systems in place to make sure that that gets refilled again. So there'll be a lot less of those last-minute can- cancellations that can't get filled or somebody just gets aced out of it because they weren't notified. So I think as things tighten up, you know, it's the case. It's, we live in a free enterprise country, and guess what? When there's a supply, but there's a huge demand, supply comes in and fills the gap. Now it may take a while, but if the demand stays high for for RV campsites, you can bet that they will be built because that's just the way the economy works. Well, and I I got to echo that, and I also got to tell you, you know, from a personal standpoint, what it does is it it, it forces you to be a little bit more creative, a little bit more patient, a little bit more um, uh, proactive in doing all of the things you need to do to make sure you have some place to park that night. But it's still available out there in one way, shape, or form. You just got to expand your 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 head a little bit in terms of how you're doing it and where you're doing it. Mike, if you had to leave us with one more thing as the news editor at RVTravel.com and you wanted to help us find a place to park our RV two weeks from today, what would your single most important tip be? At this point in the game, I know that, uh, again, my, my 20 years of experience is with the Campgrounds of America system, but I know that all of the systems and even the independent parks have these massive online reservation systems we should certainly start with. But at this stage of the game, I would be calling the campground I'm interested in and, and trying to deal with the front desk. And I know that a lot of campground owners are going to wince at that because they would love you to stay uh, off their phones and on the websites. But at this point in the game, if I'm looking for a spot in a couple of weeks, I'm calling. And I'm also, the key question to ask is, do you have a waiting list? And that's where you talked about the flexibility of it. Uh, you can do that at, at a couple different parks in the area, if you'd like, and put yourself on that waiting list. And they'll call you when they get an opening. But that's the best way to be alerted when something opens up. Uh, if you rely on, on the website, it's going to be pretty rigid and it's going to tell you that nothing's available for the weekend you're looking for and you can change your dates and you can move it around, but it's very hard to get put on a waiting list unless you call the campground and request that. Well, words the wise from somebody who's been there and done that, got the t-shirt 10 times over. Mike used to be with KOA and now he's with us at rvtravel.com. Mike Gass, always educational, useful, helpful, and fun talking with you. Thanks for being a part of the RV travel podcast. Thanks Scott. Money, the root of all evil? Yeah, sure. But it sure makes life easier, doesn't it? That's why I thought when I saw Gail Marsh's recent article in RVTravel.com that she should be a part of this podcast and helping us save a little bit more. Gail, welcome back to the RV Travel Podcast. Thanks, Scott. It's good to be back. You are um, you are an RVer, obviously. And yeah. Uh, yeah, we're talking... To you from a different location than the last time I talked with you, I think. Yes, we are. My husband and I are currently in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, on uh, working on a an extension to a church and preschool building. I have fond memories of Cedar Rapids. Uh, may, I may be the only person in the country, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I do too because the last time we were here, the derecho blew through, and it. Uh, totaled our other fifth wheel rv <laughs> oh yeah so that's where it happened i'm surprised yeah, that's, that, that's I'm, it i'm surprised you went back <laughs> i know it was it was a tough decision but here we are well good and and stay safe because um I, if if i recall that you're having a little bit of the same kind of weather aren't you yes Yikes. kind of rainy and blustery today so well, good luck on that, and uh, keep up the good work. Um, and speaking of good work, that's what you do at RVTravel.com. Uh, uh, you know, who doesn't want to save a little money? Uh, I haven't met any, but, well, maybe one. 
uh, and luckily I still get invited to visit his wine cellar once in a while, but, <laughs> but everybody else besides him, uh, wants to save a buck or two. And you compiled a great list of suggestions. Yeah. 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 Tell me a little bit about what motivated you to, to get on this topic. Well, I just know that a lot of people that start out RVing have this uh, notion that it's going to save them a lot of money. And if you're not careful, you can easily end up spending a lot more and seeing maybe less and enjoying your RV experience a little bit less than what you would if you would just kind of Keep an eye on, on, on your pocketbook. Are there major categories where we could take your advice to heart? Well, I think there probably are a couple. First of all, when you're on the road, um, before you start out on a trip, it's really important to plan your route ahead of time. And then you can use uh, phone apps like Gas Buddy and others to plot out where you're going to make your fuel stops. And if you check the gas prices at the stations, then you can um, make your stops where gas is the least expensive. So that's helped us out a lot. Also, when we're on the road, uh, we use TSD Open Roads. And it's a, again, it's an app that you can use. I think it started out for truckers, uh, over-the-road uh, trucking companies. But what happens is you deposit... Uh, money into a secured bank account and then um, the company TSD Open Roads issued a card to us then we use the card to purchase diesel fuel and we get a discount just like the truckers do for every gallon of diesel that we buy. Those both sound like great ideas are they as easy to implement as it sounds or do we have to jump through a few hoops? Well, I don't really think, as long as you use the apps, most of the apps are really user-friendly, and you can start out, you know, with your comfort level and then kind of go from there. There are easier things to do, too, as simple as packing your own travel food. You'll save a lot of money and probably eat healthier if you just take along um, food with you on your trip other, instead of buying it at um, fast food stops. You know, there's another uh, benefit to that, and I just wrote about this. In fact, for RVTravel.com, I was I was actually writing about places to stop and exercise your dog other than oh. a highway rest area or something like that. The parking is easier at so many of those places. If you can park and just go in and get some groceries out of your rig, much easier to find a place than if you need to negotiate a parking lot or something like that, isn't it? It is. It is. And it's faster, too. You don't have to wait in line or um, whatever. You don't have to worry if, if, if you're on a, a special diet that they don't have the food that you need. And so, yeah, it's been it's been a real help for us. Have you had the experience of being able to save any money actually at a RV park or at a campground or anything like that? Are there tips that you can suggest for us on that? Well, uh, work camping, of course. We've done that a couple of times. And I know when I mention work camping, a lot of people think about, oh, I really don't want to have to mow grass or I, I don't want some of the uh, dirty jobs that might come <laughs> along with that. Um, but I found that there are, in a lot of campgrounds, there's many, many different uh, options. Maybe they need help in the gift shop for an afternoon. Maybe... Um, uh, they need someone to lead new campers into the campground and help them find their spot. And so I think you have to have a little bit of a more of an open mind when you when you work camp. But if you just ask, a lot of times they'll put you to work, and it might be something you really enjoy. You know, we we had just that experience. We were helped by somebody like that just last weekend. And uh, I thought about that and I thought, well, they're in it for the duration. They're there all season and all that. But do you find that there are you know, places that can almost uh, put you to work for a matter of days or a few weeks at a time? Or is it a longer term commitment most of the time? I think, by and large, most of it is a long-term commitment, but you will find some places that 
just need help in the short term, especially now that so many campgrounds are feeling the pinch of being understaffed. Mm -hmm. And so if the grass needs to be mowed and they have someone that's willing to do it, they just might let you stay a night for free. (laughs) So it could be as short as one night. (laughs) Yeah. I love Just have to ask. (laughs) Oh, that's great. Well, if you were going to um, kind of uh, delineate, you know, the, the top four or five specific tips for us for saving money, where would you start a list like that and, and what would be on it? Well, for me personally, um, it's best for me to pay with cash whenever I can. I'm the kind of person that to break a 20 almost breaks my heart, (laughs) whereas swiping my debit card is nothing. And so you might just start out with that little tip. You know, use cash whenever you can. Um, If you do things ahead of time, it will generally save you, like planning your route ahead of time, or uh, you can make reservations at small local city parks. Uh, if you don't want to boondock, I know a lot of people are not comfortable boondocking, but I found the little city parks and um, out-of-the-way campgrounds can really save you a lot of money. And you get to meet the local folks, and that's fun, too. You mentioned in your article, um, uh, well, for one, at least, actually now two of them now that I think about it, two names I haven't seen in a while, Groupon and Living Social. Um, right. They're so much easier than they used to be to, to, to navigate, aren't they? They really are, and they can save you so much money, especially if you're the kind of person who likes to be in a spot for a week or so and really get to know the area. We found discounts for dining and movies and services that uh, have really enabled us to put a little bit of spare change back in our pockets. When you're uh, at home and looking at Mm -hmm. uh, trying to save RV-related money in one way or another, are there any real important ones? I mean, can we save big bucks that make it worth our while in any areas in particular? Well, insurance is a big one. Uh, if you um, think about it, there are so many different companies vying for your business that it's worth checking. You can use, again, an app like Zebra, uh, and they will compare different insurance plans for you. You can really save a lot of money. Um, Another thing maybe that you don't automatically think of is uh, if your RV is in storage, you need to remember to keep up with the maintenance on it. There's nothing worse than realizing once you're pulling out after an extended time of being in your sticks and bricks home that your RV really has need of repair. And so if you keep up your recommended maintenance on your uh tow vehicle or your uh, class a it will help you avoid costly mistakes we've all learned that the hard way i think Uh, i won't ask you to relive it (laughs) (laughs) thanks (laughs) you you know you do mention uh boondocking a little bit and uh the usual suspects you know whether it's a public ground or or a walmart parking lot have you found any others that maybe most people don't know about that are worth a look that uh, that are, are universally available, for example? Well, I know that some states allow you to uh, park overnight in uh, rest areas. And what I found with those places is that they're well lit. There are people in and out. You, you don't feel quite so isolated maybe as in other other areas. And like I mentioned before, also many smaller towns, if you just have to call the city hall or um, the town hall, the park commission, and just ask if they will allow you to camp overnight. And often they will. I found the same to be true in a lot of other uh, less traditional areas. Uh, Somebody mentioned to me, oh, you know, a lot of churches will let you do that. And uh, I've never had that experience. Have you ever tried any of that? Yes. Yes, we have, especially on some of the work jobs that, excuse me, that we're doing right now. Um, Some churches, once a work 
job has completed, they will leave one or two of the RV hookup spots in place so that they can have uh, visitors come and, and stay overnight and uh, have the accommodations that they need. Well, there's a whole bunch more. In fact, I think there's two dozen money-saving tips at rvtravel.com. Gail Marsh is the author, and she knows of what she speaks. She's on the road now, probably saving more money than I am sitting here at home. But that's <laughs> that's my problem, not yours. Gail, always fun <laughs> to talk with you. Be safe out there and uh, see you down the road real soon. Great. Thank you, Scott. Fun, 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 especially if you got a little bit of jingle in your pocket. That's the joy of talking to people like Gail. Boy, I learned so much. And if if you're not checking out all the articles at rvtravel.com, go ahead and do that. You heard Chuck. There's 11,000. You name the topic. It's out there right now. So, hey, I'll see you over there. We got a podcast page. You can ask questions. You can make comments. You can listen to every version every episode you can listen to bits and pieces i'm putting the time codes up now so keep your eyes peeled keep your ears peeled and uh, we'll see you there and for now that'll do it for the rv travel podcast concise tight good information hope you enjoyed it if you did please rate us at apple podcasts Tell one friend. If each of you did that, wow, it would be wonderful for all sorts of reasons. I'll leave you with this. Kind of a riddle. What is the best thing about RV travel? It's harder for the relatives to find you. Hey, let's talk. I'm Scott Linden. Thanks for listening. See you down the road.